This is episode 20 of Helmet Theory Podcast. What up, everybody? It's Matt Nichols. And Matt Hepp. With Helmet Theory Podcast. Today's guest is Vic Roy. This is a guy that we went to high school with. We get into some really interesting conversations about current events, about things going on in society today. And it's going to be good. So here we go. Vic Roy. So I said something the other day. So, uh, all right. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, bro. And I was listening to one the other day is the bad Christian podcast. And they basically had a, they, they have a support group. It's called the BC club, the bad Christian club. And some of the members had a zoom call, uh, just a group zoom call and where they discussed a lot of current events. And man, there, there are some people on there that, that were really extreme with their, their thoughts on like black lives matter and stuff like that. And I say that some, something that one of them said was, you know, number one, if you have racists in your family, you need to distance yourself and cut them out of your lives, Mm. man. And I know we just jumped right in the thick (laughs) of it, dude, I have racists in my family and I, I can't cut them out of my life. Okay, let me ask you this question. How do you know you have racists in your family? Because that's because, because that's you go I to their Facebook. With, <laughs> yeah, well that's too. Yeah. Hey, Facebook to everything these days. Man. Yeah. So and I don't I don't mean like I don't want to distance myself. I don't, you know, all of that. My thing is that if there's ever gonna be someone that is able to get to them and make a point probably going to be someone like myself gotcha and i'm the type of person and and so where i'm coming from with that is simply i don't like giving up on people Mm -hmm. especially people that i care about do i think that they're wrong absolutely do i think that they're stupid (laughs) not stupid i'm not gonna call them stupid but um no maybe they are maybe they're stupid um ignorant but i appropriate word Ignorant might be an appropriate Ignorant. word. There we go. Um, dude, I, I just, I really think that I have come a long way Okay. from a place that I didn't know that I had racist tendencies. Gotcha. And, and the, I think the, the, the reason that I didn't know is because I've had friends that I cared about that, or that I care about, like you, you're one of them, mm-hmm. that I've never thought anything negatively about you. Ever. Mm-hmm. but then okay i'll just say it like this i think there's pieces of shit across the spectrum correct <laughs> i mean that, i mean that's an honest statement because you know there are bad people on both sides it's not just right. like a, all white people are bad or all black people are bad and unfortunately you know some people make that connotation that just because the color of your skin you are inherently you know, a bad person or you steal or you kill or you're in this bracket, but that's not right. true either race. I just, yeah, I, I agree. Or I, I don't think that all people of any race, any color, any background are all bad. Mm-hmm. What I hate is that one misrepresentation or one experience from someone can cause that person to dislike or not like a complete group of people mm-hmm. because I've been lumped into that. I know you have mm-hmm. like, 
And so I know we jumped off the deep end really fast. No, let's swim, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I said something the other day too. I said, man, I think that we all need to have grace. Like I need grace. And man, I, I'll just say this. I don't think I need grace broadly. There's a miscommunication there that I, I want to clear up. There's a lot of a lot of black people in today's in today's culture that were never given grace and they mm -hmm. died. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve grace. Gotcha. But I think when it comes to conversations mm -hmm. between two people of whatever background, black, white, whatever, if if we are trying to better ourselves and educate ourselves. We have to have grace in conversations. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And but first and foremost, I want to say you definitely deserve grace. All of us deserve grace and due to our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, um, we all, you know, deserve that. And so just because, you know, we may have grown up one way or another, that doesn't alleviate from who we are and who we are in the eyes of God. So I definitely want to say that first. Um, secondly, I think that a lot of what we're talking about now is learned behavior. Um, yes. By that, I mean, no one is born to be one way or the other. You're not born to, you know, dislike white, black, black, you're not born to dislike black people. You're not born to dislike white people. You're, right. you're taught that. And so a lot of that has stemmed, especially in the South, is from, you know, slavery, from, you know, our ancestors, grandma, grandpa, great grandma, great grandpa. Um, they were taught that as well. And so it's just been kind of passed down from generation to generation. And one of those generations, unfortunately, for, you know, maybe your side or someone you know, Sam, they probably own slaves. Um, and on my side, somebody was a slave. Um, right. So it, it goes back that far. So the conversation definitely gets that deep in regards to what causes this and where do we go from here? So I believe that you have to deal with that first and foremost. You have to handle the situation that, hey, this just didn't come from anywhere. This is just not a 2020 problem. This is a 400 year problem. Um, yeah. And so that's where it stems from is just, you know, getting both sides to understand that we're not going to fix this in one day. We're not going to fix this with one change, but it's a collective effort on both sides of the line. And as you do that, you just, you know, you got to believe in people. And I think that's right. a big step that a lot of people are just saying that, hey, you know, it should be this way, or I don't know why my ancestors did this, or I don't know, you know, what I can do to potentially make a change, but you have to believe in the next person. You have to believe in who they are as a person and what change they can make as far as the world. Um, by that, I mean that, you know, a lot of families, as you discussed, a lot of families have that um, histo historical value of racism in their, their pathway. Sure. And so, as you mentioned, you know, some of your family members are, you know, clear cut racist. There's no other way to kind of put it. Um, if they had their way, maybe the world would be just one way, one color. And that's not right. And as you know, as you discussed, you know, you Nichols, you have, um, I've been friends with you guys ever since high school and I've never had an issue with you, either one of you guys. And I consider both of you guys a friend and, you know, just being willing to have this conversation leads me to believe that you guys are on the right track and along the right narrative to say, Hey, you know, a change needs to occur. And kind of similar to what you and I discussed the other day, Nichols, just being willing to have that conversation with other family members, maybe when you hear something that's said or when you hear something that you know is not right or when you see something that, hey, that doesn't really add up to the way the world is going, be willing to be that voice and to speak up and say, hey, you know, that's not right. And, and know and understand that it's going to be some backlash that comes from that. 
Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're not going to be accepting of what you're saying just because the world is trending in a different direction. And, you know, that's what I tell anyone of the Caucasian descent that asks me, hey, what can I do to you know, help the cause? What can I do to push the cause or push this agenda? What, what do you need from me? Man, be willing to be that voice when I can't be that voice. Because, unfortunately, Blacks, we're not able to be in the closed-door conversations that you guys would be able to be privy to. So yep. we're not going to be in the room. And, and that's a problem that, you know, as we went to Seven Hills, you know, a lot of us Blacks, we knew that back in high school. We knew that a lot of white parents were saying different things behind closed doors. Um, right. You know, we're the athletes. We were playing basketball. We're playing football. We're cool. So, oh, you guys can come over to our house whenever you want to. But as soon as we leave, A, B, and C is being said. And, you know, we knew that. But it was just something that we became accustomed to that, oh, okay, this is just the way it is. And so we just wow. became accepting of it. And, you know, that's not reality. That's not the way it should be. But, you know, that's the reason I said that it, it becomes an opportunity for you guys to have the conversation because now that we're of age, we can, you know, have that conversation with our parents, brothers, sisters, um, you know, aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa, even, and say, hey, you know, that may be the way it was 50s, 40s, 30s, 60s, whenever. But that's that's not right moving forward. Like that's that's no longer a good way to live, a good way to think about things. Yeah, I'm right there with you because I just so my mind goes to what is the solution. Okay. I don't know what the solution is. I don't think there's a clear cut and dry solution. But what mm-hmm. I can say is I can point out things that are not the solution. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Well, think let me the say solution this. Is cutting out people that are racist because they're going to keep being racist when you look at racism though does that make sense it's it's not just one problem right i mean yes it is the big overarching problem of racism but but when you ask someone well how did we get here there's not one issue that got us here it's several issues over several generations and so we can't say, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, what, man, what, what's the, what's the solution? There's not a solution. There are multiple solutions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great point Hep, that, you know, we've got here using 400 years again, we've got here over that time span over a lot of different things. I mean, you go back to the slave trade, you go back to the plantations, you go back to um, you know, black redlining. Red I mean, yeah. you look at I six thirty here in Little Rock. You're splitting the city in two sides purposely, and that's okay. Like that, that nobody saw a problem with that when you did it. And you know, because, redlining is hep? Yeah. Okay. And I so, just found out the other day. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest with you. So I only recently found out as well, and it's because I watched the Thirteenth, the documentary on Netflix. Uh huh. And so, which by the way, how cool is that? Like. I know there's a lot of debating on Facebook, but I opened up next Netflix the other day and they had, they had made like a, um, a, a black kind of playlist of, Hey, if you want to check out documentaries or film or TV that not only feature black people, but mm-hmm. that kind of That's tell, great. yeah, I mean, and it's everything from like, I've been watching, I started dear white people when it came out, but I only watched the first season. So I'm kind of like catching up on that. Correct. And then like the documentary, the 13th, I mean, all of those things, like to me, that alone is somebody said, I can't believe people are protesting it. Why are they doing that? It's like, right. Because right now, because this is what happens. Yeah, man. It's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of crazy how a lot of people still don't get it. 
And so, you know, that was just like kind of similar. I think it was Shannon Sharp that I heard it say about Drew Brees when Drew Brees made the reference of kneeling for the flag. You know, it's never been a thing in regards to disrespecting the flag. As you guys know, I'm in the military and I serve my country well and I'm grateful for everything I can do for my country. So it's never been in regards to disrespecting the flag, but we want the flag to mean the same thing for you guys that it will be for us. And so, you know, the flag has always had its significance for you guys. It's always been, you know, the red, white, and blue, you know, stars and stripes. We've all, you know, put our hands on our hearts, stood to face the flag, et cetera. No issue with it. Well, why, when one race is, you know, going through a certain battle, it's seen as okay and accepted just because it's not us. Well, the Blacks, they can deal with it. They've been dealing with it for, you know, 400 years. So now what's the difference now? Same thing with the police brutality. They just symbolize the flag to say, hey, if we're standing on this as a sign of endearment for everyone, why are you not using that same flag to say, hey, there's something wrong with how these people are being treated as we're all Americans. And that's all that it's, it's ever meant. It's never been to take a knee to show that, hey, we're, we're standing against this or we're standing at everything this flag means. That has never been. So I think that a lot of people, um, by people I mean racist, try to use the symbolism of the flag as a negative meaning in regards to the message that we're trying to send. And so they allow the mind that's not very tuned into what's going on to be an opportunity to try to use the symbol of the flag as a negative connotation to say, hey, you see what they're doing to the flag? They don't really, you know, they're not true Americans. They don't really believe in patriotism. They don't really believe in all that America is. This is why we need to be against them. Well, you know, if you don't really know enough about what's going on or you don't have your, you know, your understanding in regards to what everything is about, you'll be able to take your own, you know, thoughts from that conversation. And before you know it, you're looking at it like, hey, they might be in the wrong or those guys are bad because they're doing that. And that's never what it's been about. Right. I think you said something problem is just that people don't know. And what I mean by that is like, I think it's easy for people for straight to hate gay people when they don't know any. Correct. I think it's easy for white people for any, for any race to not like another race when you don't have any friends. Exactly. I mean, that that's, that sucks, man. I mean, if, if you've been, I mean, not to cut you off here real quick, but if you break it down to even just a, a even simpler context, a lot of people don't like food they've never tasted before, but they'll yeah. tell you that they don't like it all oh, because I don't like it because of this. Well, you never tasted it, but then you get an opportunity to try. And, you know, a lot of times people say, hey, just try a little bit of it. And you get an opportunity to try and you might be like, hey, man, that's, that's pretty good. And so it's just that simple. You know, they'll not like somebody black just because of, Hey, such and such told me this, or I don't like them just because, well, you don't even know who that person is. And so you're grouping them into this category as a whole of, I don't like them because of this. Well, the person that you're standing next, next to who you're buddy, buddy with, they're probably a worse off person than the person that you hate. So what's the real deal? Yeah. You said something earlier that interests me. And I think this ties well into it because growing up in Sherwood in our school, it was like, I mean, how many, uh, what was that brand, Nichols? Dixie Outfitters. How many oh, yeah. Dixie Outfitter, Rebel <laughs> Flag shirt, you know, wannabe country boys were running around high school with us? Uh, we were one of them, dude. Do you remember Stephen Ray? Yes. He was, uh, we always say he was a black, that's the, Stephen Ray's a black dude, right? Yeah. We, so we would always say, we, I love Stephen. I was like, man, I wonder if it was like a black versus white thing, what would Stephen do? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, what was funny, Stephen picked, when, when me and Nichols were 14 years old, 
Stephen picked us up with a group of kids, and, you know, he's a few years older than us, so he would uh-huh. always take us out and talk and stuff. Me and Nichols are wearing Wrangler jeans, Dixie Outfitter shirts, and, I mean, that was the world that all of us grew up in, and what I'm right. learning now is that that world that was normal and that to us that uh-huh. we look back and we go, oh, no harm, no foul. I can't imagine – all the black people that went to school with us that I was friends with, by the way, I was never a racist. I was just a wannabe country guy for yeah, a second. Yeah. I, I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you, Matt, both you, Matt. So I remember y'all wearing Oh, that. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I remember it. And I mean, like, it, so it, it, I mean, it, it wasn't just limited to y'all. I mean, I ain't gonna mention nobody's name on the podcast. But, <laughs> but it, Bust I mean, out the yearbook, <laughs> just go yeah. through it. I mean, it's sitting right here. My yearbook is sitting right here. But no, man, there was a lot of you guys that wore that. And, and you know, I didn't, think of it as a racist endowment. And I thought that just, man, that's just how those guys were raised. And so those crazy like, white guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it was, think about it, it was North Third Rock guys as well as guys that went to Jacksonville. So it just yeah. wasn't the kids at Seven Hills. And so, you know, I thought that, man, I think a lot of us blacks thought that, man, you know, that's just how those, you know, that's how those guys were. And so, you know, your parents, my, in my mind, it wasn't kind of like this, your parents, bought you that stuff because a lot of kids you know 13 14 15 they weren't working so your parents bought you that stuff based off of what your taste was your taste was based off of who were the people you were hanging around and that kind of goes back to my earlier comment that we as blacks we knew that okay when you're with the white people you know there are friends but there's a lot of closed door conversations but so you know i just let you guys in on a secret there's a lot of parents that had conversations with kids you know that even to this day and back in my day our day as well that hey you know don't be around you know certain areas at certain times you know it gets dark make sure you're closer to the house because you're saying this is like like black parents telling their black kids that correct in regard to certain like like white neighborhoods, I guess. Yes. And so, you know, being in Sherwood that those, you know, there are certain white neighborhoods that you don't want to be in after, you know, certain time after dark and you're in that neighborhood because it's automatically going to be a suspicious, a suspicion that you're probably over there to steal. I mean, just, just automatic. We knew that you didn't want to be in neighborhood A because they're going to say, oh, he shouldn't be over here. Or, you know, the same thing, you know, if you're traveling down a certain intersection here in Sherwood, that say that, hey, you know, if you go two miles over the speed limit, they're probably going to pull you over based on you being a black driver and what type of vehicle you're driving. So even back at those days, those are the conversations that you had to have. And we had an understanding that, hey, you know, they're probably saying this, this, this. So we know it, but we're not going to put ourselves in certain positions to be, you know, exposed even more than what we are to what potentially could come as far as the form of racism. And that's what's so interesting to me, man, is like one of the things that I was excited about having you on is that I, this was an opportunity for me and for Nichols to really listen to real experience, not, not all the Facebook chatter and the memes, mm-hmm. but like someone saying, hey, when I was a teenager, there were certain rules I learned. And mm-hmm. man, that's, I'm over here like embarrassingly unaware. <laughs> yeah, man, it's no problem, man. Like I said earlier, man, it's just, you know, you guys were in a position to, you know, as I stated earlier, it's learned behavior. So as I told someone else, I don't care um, if your mother or father was the most racist individual on this face of the earth. Until you get of age, of sound mind, and I'll have the ability to make your own decisions, you're not going to be a 10, 12, 14, 16-year-old kid and call them out on it, unless you just are a strong individual. Because that's a very <laughs> hard conversation to have with your parents. Like, no, yeah. mom, that's not, or dad, that's not right. So 
your parents are doing A, B, and C, which I'm not saying your guys, you guys' parents, you know, per se, but I'm just saying parents in general. So your parents are doing A, B, and C. You see them doing A, B, and C every day. You hear them saying D, E, F every day. So, of course, what are you going to take from that? I don't care how many Black, Asian, Hispanic friends you have at school. You're around your, your parents, your family, majority of that time. So the behavior and what you hear, which is, you know, basically building your thought process, building your train of thought, is what you're going to go off of from them. And so if they're telling you that, oh, man, you know, they don't even have to be just bold with it. it I mean, it could be subconscious things, little small tidbits here. And, oh, man, you know, those blacks, they always steal or, you know, the blacks over here, they're no good. Well, why? And is that because of what you learned? What experience have you had that makes you think that all blacks are doing this or all blacks are bad? And so, you know, a lot of parents we're not going to have that conversation, but a lot of times they weren't asked because we weren't in a position to ask them. So now that's why I was saying, I would just encourage anyone like you two guys or anyone that's listening that has the opportunity to have a conversation with their parents, with their brother, their sister, their aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, to just say, Hey, that's not right. Or ask them the question. Why? I mean, better yet, ask them the question. Why? When they say something that you know is not right, just ask them why, why do they feel that way? And if they can't give you a sound reason as to why they feel that way, it's a bunch of baloney. And that's yeah. just, that's the starting point that I believe um, that we have to look to. We can't look for the solution because the solution is a, is a multifaceted thing. It's going to be something that's <laughs> so complex, man. I pray that I'm able to see it in our lifetime, but I'm, I'm working hard for my kids. Um, yeah. I, I want them to be able to have experiences, the right positive experiences that, you know, lead them to tend to look away from racism to say, that, hey, my dad and mom went through that, but I don't have to go through that anymore. My grandpa and grandpa, grandma and grandpa went through it, but it's not something that I have to deal with. And that's why I put all the work I do in because I'm, I'm looking to them now, the future. That's powerful, Vic, because first off, thank you for saying that. Uh, that's a new perspective that I haven't heard. Um, so for me, that's powerful for me to hear because I have walked away from what I was taught in my family history as far as racism goes. Kudos to you. Kudos. Um, saying that though, I have a long way to go to. Mm -hmm. And if everybody, if I came in hot on this whole episode, I want everybody to know all the listeners, <laughs> it's okay to be where you are. You don't have to fake it. Be where you are and be on the journey because for me half the battle for me is is recognizing man i'm learning a lot about what i didn't know that was inside of me i'm learning a lot about the tendencies that i had that are not great tendencies mm -hmm. i'm learning a lot about man how do i like like i have people that i love and care about like why do i not reach out to them more that I have people that I love and care about. They're black and mm -hmm. you know, that, why do I not reach out to them? And that's why I told you the other day, Vic, like, man, I've been meaning to reach out to you so for so long because I've mm -hmm. been keeping up with you on social media and I've seen what you're doing, like the difference that you're making in the world and in your community and in your family, man, I, I honor that, man. I honor that so much because for me, like I have a five, month old son now mm -hmm. and i don't want him to ever have to unlearn 
any of the things that I've had to unlearn. Mm -hmm. So for me, part of the conversation is being willing to assume that I have things that are not correct inside of me instead of faking it. Like Vic, I'm, there's nothing inside of me that's racist. Mm -hmm. I don't, if there are, I don't, I can't name them. Mm -hmm. But when they come up, I want to confront those things. Correct. Does that make sense? Like it, it does. And you know, the biggest part of what you said, um, Matt, was being genuine. You know, yeah. someone can sense when you're similar to what you said, trying to fake it to make it. Like that's not the right approach. Don't try to be who you think I want you to be. Be yourself and learn from what mistakes were made pre previously to you. Because we know, I mean, it's, it's not like nobody black knows that, hey, you know, white people have conversations behind closed doors that we never hear about. And like, they're just becoming more public now. So if you think about it, um, maybe a year ago, these corporations, let's just call it what it is. These, all these corporations wouldn't be coming out and saying, hey, we stand against everything that's wrong in America. Why, why do you think that is? Because it, it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't acceptable for you to be the weird quote unquote company to say, hey, you know, it's not right. We, we've been asking for these changes since Colin Kaepernick. You know, when he got on the knee on the football field, it was hated. Like, he was America's most wanted because he was, like, standing against what we yeah. talked about earlier. And so if you just think about it, what changed? And that's what you have to keep in mind, that it's not be the best version of yourself that you can be, but be a genuine person that wants to be better and do better. That's yeah. it. Because if you are a genuine person and you have a genuine heart and you really want to be better, like the truth will shine. You don't have to force it. It's not going to be, oh man, I got to be, you know, pro-black today or I got to be, you know, make sure my, my black friends hear from me. Man, no, nah, you don't have to do any of that because, at, at, you know, as I stated earlier, be a better person. And if you're doing that, then who you are inside is going to come out. And that's the same thing on the opposite spectrum as well. That's the reason you see all these people clowning on Facebook, saying whatever, <laughs> like losing their jobs. Like, that, that's not cool. You're that, you have that much hatred. <laughs> like, I, I, can, I can understand this, but you have that much hatred in your heart that you jeopardize your money. Like, you know what's going to come from you saying this dumb crap that you're saying. Especially and, <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what you're saying is wrong because you'll look at like a Today's CHV post or CNN post on Facebook or something, and you'll see, man, these comments on there. I mean, it'd be like a school teacher. Um, I think I saw one other day. She was like a school teacher from like North Carolina, Virginia somewhere, and she was like, we got to, you know, keep these blacks in line and, and whoever they are, such and such, such. You are a school teacher. Like, you have an impression on so many young minds, and that is the thought process that you have. So that just tells you how deep it goes. Like, a school teacher. I'm not talking about, you know, your, your rough, redneck, uh, hillbilly country boy. And... <laughs> and, and um, What's that town up there? In Harrison. Coastal. Harrison, yeah. <laughs> God, I know you were talking. That's how racist Harrison is. Everybody I'm knows about by the way, periodically, <laughs> and it is freaking weird. What? Yeah. I have to go to Harrison for work periodically at the hospital there. And, dude, it is – it's like entering the twilight zone. It's so weird. You went back like 200 years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I swear the, I've seen one black guy walking down the street. Are you in, serious? In – that dude's Five brave. years that I've been going there, 
And I literally thought like, holy shit, like what's, what is he doing? That's a great question. Is he still there? Yeah, no kidding. How'd he get there? That that is a great question. Yeah, but man, you know, you, if a school teacher that has an education, um, is in Virginia, North Carolina, wherever she was at, she's teaching our young kids. And if she has this type of mindset that tells you how deep this stuff runs and for her to make a comment like that on a public forum where everyone can see because she had that much, much, that much hatred built in her heart, in her spirit, in her soul that tells you where we're at as a society and how beautiful we are. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about white people and the voices that they have and the way they use those voices and the influence that they have. Cause I'll tell you, I, and I, I have seriously been torn because I've got tons of black friends. I, I've, I've, I'm, I don't consider myself a racist. I, I consider myself privileged and learning a crap ton about the black experience that I never had to think about, but by no means am I racist. But, mm-hmm. but when you see, um, you know, all, all the, all the white people taking a stand on Facebook. Like I go one minute, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, everybody's getting on board. You know, this is great. And then the next minute I'm like, okay, but what happens when, when it's not sexy to talk about it anymore? Exactly. Exactly. That's a great question. And so that kind of goes back to, you know, the companies that all these companies all of a sudden are coming out with all these public messages that, Hey, we stand by, we, you know, we stand in one with solidarity with, Black Lives Matter and all that, et cetera. But where were you two years ago? So mm-hmm. you, you got to be willing and accepting of the fluff that's going to come with it. Now, does that fluff still have an impact? Hell yeah. I mean, because anytime a, a global brand makes any type of message, for example, Nike, and says that, you yeah. know, this, then that's going to give um, a greater push to whatever it is you're doing. And similar to what Nichols said earlier, I think it might it was you have that said about Netflix and how they had that segment where they had all these black movies and opportunities to view black films. Well, you, if you know, Apple did something similar uh, last week as well. They played nothing but black music. And so, really? <laughs> yeah, I know that made a lot of people mad, but uh, we don't care. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, all the racist white people that listen to rap music all the time. were loving it, though. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they had to play behind closed doors. It goes back to those right. closed door conversations. I, yeah. I don't want you to know that I love your culture. I right. just want you to know that I hate you. And so, <laughs> oh, man. You know but, what I was... Th- go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I was thinking about was... Uh, so, what, three or four years ago, I don't even remember the order of everyone that's been like shot, killed by the police, all this kind of stuff. Like that's Mm -hmm. how much it's happened. Mm -hmm. But every time it happens, we see a little surge and something different happened. This time seemed a little bit more different. You know, Mm -hmm. it seems like it it got a big surge. Correct. What really upsets me and it upsets me about myself too, because I'm in this category, but what upsets me is like, it took a man getting brutally murdered on video to go viral on the internet before any of us gave a damn about anybody. Hey, man, that's spot on. You, you couldn't put it any better. I mean, if you go back to Eric Garner, um, he was 2018 or 2019, I believe. Uh, no, actually, I think it was 2014. It was 2014. I'm sorry. Eric Garner, he, he died in New York, I believe. He was choked out. I think he was in front of the store with the cigarettes, if you recall. And he's they a had him. He was a big guy. That's him. That's him. Yep. He was a big guy. And so they had him in a chokehold on the ground 
for some cigarettes. Now, I don't care what he was doing with those cigarettes. I don't care if he was trying to sell them, you know, single by single, which is illegal. I don't care if he's, you know, selling packs of them out front of the store. It doesn't matter what he was doing with those cigarettes. You took that man's life for cigarettes. He didn't deserve that, to die, no matter he, what. No, he did Even not if it deserve was to die. Crack or, uh, like meth needles or something. Yeah, I, I mean, he, didn't it, to die. He, he did not deserve to die. And so I think what kind, what kind of you know was the tipping point for everyone is you know you have Eric Garner, you have Flando Castile, you can keep going just down the line, and to every instance, like every year, it's somebody. And so you you know you're dealing with that, and that stuff starts to weigh on you, man. And it's like, you know, we'll rise up and, you know, to your point, it is like, okay, you'll see something for maybe a week or two when people, you know, putting stuff on social media, but then it'll kind of like just fade away. And not that nobody's doing anything, but it never was able to get the traction because as uh, me and Nichols kind of talked about, Nichols and I kind of talked about, um, we need the white voice as well because white people are in power now. Um, it's, it's not the opposite way around. So if the people that are in power now are not doing things to make a change and it took all of this to start forcing a change, what makes you believe that the people in power are going to start listening just because we're black? It's not going to work that way. So we have to start having people that are white as well to say, kind of like you guys, that's not right. Why is it not right? Let's make a change. Let's, let's use our voices. Change, and that, yeah. The white privilege is real. And for anybody that ever tells you it's not, they are a freaking lie. White privilege is very, is very real. We could be in the same identical situation, same identical circumstances, same identical time, date, everything, and I will be treated way differently than what you would be. Yeah. That, that's, that's reality. And so you have to take all those things into context. And I think with this situation, what kind of boiled the pot over is everyone in the world was looking. Like you have no way to not look at this. And due to the amount of media coverage that was on it as well, um, depending on how you want to look at it, that can be a good and bad thing because the media drives a lot of division in between black and white, but that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> I mean, this situation was on video, like perfect angle, not to see the man die, but perfect angle to see how this crap load of a guy was sitting there on this human being's neck, all of his weight, with his hands in his pocket. So not only did you kill this man, which is capital one murder, uh, but I mean, not capital one murder, that's a credit card. I mean, murder one, capital one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was murder. going with it. I was like, yeah, man, capital that's one. Capital one, man, yeah. Like, yeah, make sure you edit that out, man. Like, What's in your wallet? Yeah, this is a guy doing promos or something on your podcast. But no, you, <laughs> murder one, which is murder one, that's capital murder. And so not only did you kill this, you killed this human being, you sat with your weight on his neck and with your hands in, his, in your pocket. That shows you just really how much you really cared. Like you didn't even care enough to not look nonchalant. Not, not that what you were doing wasn't evil to begin with, but you look nonchalant while you're doing it. So, you know, everyone was able to see that perspective and then to take it to another level, you have what three other officers that are sitting around this gentleman while he's doing this. Nobody thought I'm gonna intervene. That's not right. I'm just gonna let it happen. And that that is is not okay. And I think that that's what kind of boiled everything over. That now the white individuals, white citizens such as yourself, have the opportunity to say, 
man, this crap is really, really, really bad. Like, there's not any be human being with a heart and a soul that has any type of compassion that can look at that and say, like, that's okay. That, like, what he did was fine. There, there's nothing wrong with it. And so you have your other side that tries to, to throw the ploy in there. Well, oh, man, you know, this happens to whites just as much as it does blacks. Well, let's look at demographics. You got to look at statistics. Of course, it's going to be a higher number for whites that are involved in police um, situations that result in death because there are more white citizens. So it's not in context. So if we got 10 people and out of those 10 people, you have seven I have one, Hispanics have one, Asians have one. I don't care if, you know, you say, oh, it's, it's the same, but you gotta look at the numbers. If each of us suffer a loss, we're gone. We're zero now. It, it's not any better, don't get me wrong, for, you know, to suffer with white people because police brutality is wrong. That's wrong altogether. But you gotta look at the perspective of the numbers. And that's the reason that everyone is raising a voice and everyone is saying that, hey, you know, what's really going on this is not right it's not that it's happening to blacks just or it's just a black issue no it's a police brutality issue across the board blacks are just suffering at a lot more higher ratio you, you said something a second ago uh about white privilege being real and i, I think i've known that for a little while now <laughs> but we, we got a little lesson in it several weeks ago we had another guy on talking to us about some of this stuff and uh is that the survivor guy Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, was, okay I listen to him. He, he, yeah. He, yeah. I, mean, I got to get on Survivor, man. I don't know what connections you got, but hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that I was thinking about that he he made a really good point was he was talking about if you go back generations in his family, you're more than likely, and not too many generations, by the way, are going to end up on a a field a plantation with slaves. Whereas I did a 14 day trial of Ancestry.com the other day. Just to see. Yeah, I know, right? That's nerdy. <laughs> Dude, that's, I'm getting... not, that's not nerdy. Why you do the trial, man? Go do it by the full thing. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. <laughs> I, I might. I'm still in the trial he, phase. He's, he's juicing that thing for all it's worth. Oh, I yeah. See. Hey, for sure. Help didn't fill out a whole questionnaire. He didn't put oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> so listen to this. Oh, I you made, should I, hear how I far made it back, back to already. the 1600s. Are you serious? Off a of trial? Oh, yeah, dude. I just went bananas. I went, I'm, I'm talking. Yeah, all the way into Germany, this whole thing. But what, I, what was cool for me to realize was all of a sudden it clicked with me. I went, you know what? I went back to the 1600s. Great, 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 and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. Relatives. And then I thought about Jamal and what he said. And he said, if you, if you trace ours back, you know, how many, how many generations? A few. Man, you go back in my generation, you go back two generations – and there's a slave plantation and we were you know, family members on, on there were slaves on it um that's going back to my grandpa and grandmother they no way. You know, yeah they were slaves and so and then you know you take it another step just to give you the reality of the whole situation you know my parents dealt with the civil movement so you got my grandma and grandpa as slaves and you have my mom and dad dealing with the rights of Bull Connor and, and different crazy individuals like that during the civil rights movement, not being able to sit in the front of the bus, not being able to go to the front of the restaurant because of the color of their skin, not even being able to swim in the same freaking pool, man. So, and I'm the next generation. So that's why people say, oh, I can't, I don't get why they're so mad. Well, hell, look at the lineage. Like it's only two generations removed 
from being slaves. You talk about and, things that were passed down, like yeah. the mentalities. Yeah. I mean, even if you just go to the mentalities, let's go to mental health because we got to deal with the stigma of knowing that, you know, we weren't good enough or we weren't quote unquote, the, you know, people that we were below beneath everybody else because of, we, exactly, we weren't even humans. We were treated like animals. So we had to deal with that. Then you have to deal with all of the health issues that come along with that as well. See, that, get a lot, that gets lost in a lot of the conversations that the reason black people have just um, inherited health issues is because of what we were forced to eat during the slavery days. You know, we got the last of the last. You weren't getting, you know, the best of the best. You know, the, whoever was the slave, the slave master, he got, you know, the top shelf. And then, you know, kids and wife, probably whoever they're after, and then your field hands. Well, you're getting the slaves, you're eating slop pretty much. 